welcome back to part two of the pre-season FPL Surgery Podcast. Okay, welcome back listeners. As you heard on the last podcast, we've just gone through forwards and midfielders. And on this one, we will be going through defenders and goalkeepers. We've still got Mika and Peter here. Welcome back, guys. Thanks very much. As mentioned, yeah, we'll, we'll go through the defenders. So we'll go through defenders' budget, premium, and mid-price, uh, not necessarily in that order. We've each written down what budget, premium price, and mid-players that we've gone for. So me, Mika, and Peter have all given a list of which ones we're, we're looking at, and I'll, we'll just kind of go through them. I mean, mine for the budget will be uh, Lundstrom, Kelly, Rico, uh, Dunk, Taylor, and Adam Smith. Mika's will be Dunk, Adam Smith, Kelly, and... Peter will be Lundstrom, Bernardo, Gilbert, uh, O'Connell and Frederick. So uh, this podcast is just the players which we're looking at for game week one. We're not necessarily going to talk about all the players. So Peter, I'm going to come to you on Fredericks to start with. I do hear he's injured. Uh, I didn't hear that. Um, th- thanks for that. <laughs> I'll take him off the list. <laughs> uh, he, he's not, I, I don't know, he, he's not a player necessarily um, sold on. I think Zabaleta could still be first choice, but he is um, about, I, I think he's just had his 59th birthday. So he's get, he's knocking on a bit. Yeah, he's quite old now. Um, and I think my Fr- Fredericks thing actually is not based on any stats. It's just that I saw the West Ham game against Tottenham last season when they went to uh, the new White Hart Lane and they they beat them. I thought Fredericks was really good in that game. Uh, very attacking. Played. Yeah, spent a lot of time uh, high up the pitch. Reasonably good delivery on him. The West Ham defence is a bit shonky, there's no doubt about that, but they, they do have the potential to be a good side. They seem to have got their act together as a club over the last few seasons, and they've made some pretty astute signings, I think, from what I know. I think Haller is a forward I'm uh, not necessarily interested in FPL, but certainly in the Sky game I'm very interested in. And I think, yeah, it's players like Lanzini and Anderson, and Diop I think is a really good defender. So there may be something there for Fredericks, although to be brutally honest, I think at the moment I'm I'm pretty heavy on the back line. I think I haven't got anybody below 5.5 million at the moment. I'm starting. I'm, I'm looking at starting five at the back at the moment. Not really through choice. It's just it seems to be how to get the the best, the highest number of good players into my team. Yeah, Fredericks isn't in there at the moment. But if I do downgrade and if I do go four at the back. Fredericks is definitely a consideration for if yeah my first sub I suppose yeah the only reason I know about the Fredericks injury is that it pops up in our Slack we've got a little stato bot which just tells us it does say he's got a, a groin strain but I can see your thoughts there I mean Balbuena and Diop are priced at 4.5 as well they have got good fixtures after that first bad run against City but I was just looking at their XG for last year and they're third worst so they're yeah. just not not the greatest and they, they are improving their team they're just improving their teams in different areas for attacking so it's not something which I really like I'm, I'm like you I, I'm kind of going on the premiums but it's I mean, to, be, to be fair I've got five players mentioned that I don't really fancy any of them that they would be there as a substitute in my side and for that reason I'd probably end up going for Lundstrom just because he's hard half a million cheaper he's playing out of position in midfield but I saw the Sheffield Wednesday friendly they played against uh, Northampton they, yeah. they beat us 2-0 he was playing in midfield then to be honest I barely noticed he was on the pitch I mean I, I was I, I was watching players there, were, there was notable players like O'Connell um, who was very attacking Lundstrom just sort of floated about and didn't really do anything if, but if he's going to start in midfield for 4 million, million that's can't, all you can't need can't argue with that can you really yeah and he did get an assist in the game before last as well pre-season and he started all of them so 
I think he's got a good chance to play this season. I think he's got a good chance to be this year's Wambasaka. Quite a statement. <laughs> but we'll, Structure, we'll... uh, Structure-wise, uh, is it completely out of the picture, Peter, that you would go with three-man back line? Um, I think four is probably locked in. I, I'm not sure I'd go down to five. Uh, I'm not sure I'll go down to three. I, uh, there's, there just seems to be too many good defenders who are playing in good defensive teams who are basically acting as midfielders. I mean, I know we're sort of jumping ahead here to the medium price and the premiums, but I can't, I can't really imagine a scenario where I don't start with TAA, Robertson, Luca Dean. And I'd want to chuck a Man City defender in there as well because they just concede so few chances. So probably looking at Laporte as well. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, can't, I can't really, I can't really imagine a scenario where that doesn't happen. And I think another player I really like and who've got in at the moment is um, at five point five is Chilwell because again, I think Leicester's trajectory is good, and he he is very very attacking. I think he underperformed against his numbers last year, and I would hope there's a, a rebound on that. So I think he's going to be good value for that. If you chuck in Seamus Coleman into the mix, you chuck in Zinchenko as well. There's a lot of options there. So I can't see myself going with less than four defenders right now just because they, they, they seem to be... A lot of those players are basically playing as midfielders yeah. uh, and they're picking up clean yeah, sheet points and they're cheaper than the midfielders as well. So uh, I've kind of got to go with it, really. Yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> Yeah, fair enough. And this uh, budget pool is not that uh, overwhelming, to be honest. No, it's not. I mean, should we, should we just move straight down to the premiums now? I mean, like you've spoken about it there. A lot of people kind of got fairly similar back lines now, which I'm seeing on, on Twitter and you know, even on our Slack things. It's more like Luca Dean, TAA, Robertson and Zinchenko. So they're the main ones I've seen quite consistent. But the premiums which I've listed here are Luca Dean, TAA, Robertson, VVD, Laporte and Aspilicueta. Mika, you've listed Luca Dean, TA, Robbo and Walker. Peter, you've listed Luca Dean, TA, Robertson, VVD, Laporte and Walker. So they're the premiums which we're kind of thinking about. Like you've mentioned there, Peter, Robertson and TA more or less playing as midfielders. They're getting the points. They're cheaper in price. They just seem to be where it's at this year. Everyone's kind of moved to this strong back line now and it just seems to be the way to go, doesn't it? I think it's just a consequence of how teams are playing. I mean, if you look at Liverpool, you're right, those two players are effectively playing as midfielders. Uh, and, you know, Alexander-Arnold's on set pieces as well. I mean, he can, you know, he, we know he can score a free kick and we know he can take a decent corner as well. Um, maybe a few years ago it wasn't the case. If any of those players had been reclassified as midfielders for this season, I think a few people would have been up in arms about it, but... It's it, it almost feels like the, the the game has evolved without FPL evolving with it. I mean, ideally you'd need two positions in there for wing backs because these these players are just so attacking, uh, and a lot of the uh, dynamism. Uh, can't pronounce that word a lot of the thrust Maybe. from teams i suppose is um it, 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 you know from a lot of these teams is coming from down the width um so uh, you can't really ignore them and again a player like luca dean the, the amount of crosses he puts in the free kicks he takes uh, the amount of time he spends in the opposition final third you can't really ignore him either probably same with Seamus Coleman yeah. same with Chilwell same with uh, Ricardo Perea that they are all effectively midfielders Dean, that's, Dean because they, that's because they've got very very strong defensive midfielders to support to make it a three or back when they need to it's no coincidence that you know a lot of these teams have very strong defensive midfielders and today Everton have lost Idrissa Gay to Paris Saint-Germain so that makes it very interesting now about how that potentially affects them but if you look at yeah, a player like Fernandinho who arguably can drop back into centre-back as well. It just frees up uh, wing, the wing-back role to push forward, and that's very much a 
it's very much a modern development in the game really yeah i totally agree dean was probably first in my game with one draft i mean everton they've just got great fixtures he's got the numbers behind him he had 13 clean sheets with five assists and four goals last season and he was the highest for defenders for chances created on 71 so like i say on set pieces sharing with siggy it is that garner gay thing which does worry me slightly i had a look at some stats and i know that the uh the six goal thrashing that spurs gave them last year was in fact when uh Garnagay wasn't in the team so yeah he's gone Zuma is also staying at Chelsea after his loan spell Everton so you've got to be a little bit wary of that that's probably why a lot of people are veering away from doubling up on that Everton back line but they do have the fixtures to do it they have signed Fabian Delph as well so I mean he's not a like for like replacement of Adrissa Gay but he, w- he will add a bit of bite into that midfield I don't know Let, let's, let's wait and, I suppose let's wait and see but I think Luca Dean's a, a, a certainty in my team as well. Yeah. What are your thoughts on um, TA and Robertson? Out of the two, which would you go for? I know a lot of you, maybe you've got both in your team, but if you were to choose out of either one, which one would you start? Well, I'm personally a, t- a fan of TAA. Uh, if he can nail the uh, starting place, because at the start of the last season, he was competing with uh, Gomez and the well, probably because of that, everybody was uh, favoring uh, Robertson. And, uh, well, TAA can score, and he has the free kicks, and Robertson doesn't. So Yeah, I agree with that, Philia. TAA, his stats were best towards last season. He actually kind of matched Robertson was on. He was more, and he played less minutes. I, I looked at the expected goals involvement as well, per 90, and he was on 0.31, whilst Robbo was on 0.25, and VVD was on 0.13 so that's just showing you that his numbers are really good it's just he wasn't getting the amount of minutes which Robert was I'm sure he would have exceeded his total points as well but at the moment I've got both of them have you guys got both of them or have you just leaned towards one yeah I, I couldn't split between them so I've got them both in at the moment um, at, at the moment I just have TAA I don't know if I'm old fashioned or something like that but I'm still trying to figure out the 3-4-3 system and as I liked uh, to use fixture of uh, rotating uh, defenders. I'm still trying to do a draft with those. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, like, I did have um, VVD in for quite a while just because he has got that aerial threat going forward at corners and I've seen him pre-season. He's at the post and again, should have scored in a couple. So there's always that hope there. I mean, I started with VVD last season instead of Robertson, but that was my mistake. No, you did too, Mika. Yeah, Given, I did too. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was a nightmare of a pit because he had to kind of move him out straight away and get Robertson in just because his numbers were brilliant. And I do expect Robertson to do the same this season. He did get the... 21 clean sheets last season, 12 assists, so that's massive. And then TAA got the 13 assists. But Robertson, he, Robertson didn't score last season, did he? I mean, he that, didn't, no. That seems scarcely believable. I mean, he's, he's got to score at some point in the season, hasn't he? Surely? Yeah, I think he will. Yeah, it's almost like he's due. TAA think, only got the one goal. But if he's hugging the uh, sideline, he won't score there. TAA is, uh, is scoring from those free kicks. That's the only difference, in my opinion. Yeah, fair. Okay, let's let's move it to the rest of the premiums then. So you guys have both got Laporte in your list. What are your thoughts on him? Well, I think Man City just concede so few chances. I mean, yeah, it was highlighted by James York last week in, in on your podcast that they, they don't concede chances. I mean, they concede very, very few chances. So I kind of have to go for Laporte. I mean, I know it's a million pounds uh, more expensive than Zinchenko or Stones, but he just seems guaranteed. He's, he's the only... They've got a dearth of centre-backs at the moment anyway. I mean, Guardiola's come out and said, look, we've got a couple of kids who can come in and help out. We've got Fernandinho who can drop back, etc. if we need to. But 
realistically he's the only left-footed player in there and that seems to make a big difference for Guardiola as well I think if he's fit he plays and I wouldn't necessarily the same is true for John Stones I don't think necessarily the same is true for Zinchenko maybe not even Walker either so he definitely want a Man City defender in there I don't think you've got the same options in terms of wing backs that Liverpool do uh, a lot of their creativity seems to come from higher up the pitch and from central positions so Laporte seems like the only option, really. I'm not expecting him to get all the goals that he did last season, but he definitely buying him for the clean sheets, I think, and for the guaranteed starts. Yeah. I, just, I, can't, I, can't, I can't see going. I can't see looking past him, really. Yeah, it's fair point. I mean, you guys both have Walker in your thoughts as well. I, I currently don't, but what are your thoughts on Walker? The fact that he just might get all the minutes and he's going to play just expecting bigger things. He only got the one goal last season. Mick, Mick I'll let you go first on this one. Yeah, well, it's just because of uh, Laporte is probably... The- the only nailed guy and Walker is behind him uh, that is probably the only reason why I have listed those guys uh, Walker is 0.5 cheaper and uh, I don't think he will he will provide many attacking uh, uh, or score at least he won't score many goals either but uh, if you want City defender, I think it has to be uh, Laporte or Walker. If you want a nailed on player and if you want to risk a bit, then you can go with Jinchenko. But uh, in my opinion, Jinchenko, for example, is uh, his uh, short-term pick. Yeah. You, that, that, that is the thing with the City defenders. Well, Mindy seems to be out for at least a month. Yeah, the, the pro- problem I've got with it is so if Zinchenko isn't nailed, if he is going to be, if it is going to rotate based on the opposition they've got, I saw a really good thread earlier in the season, early, earlier in preseason about how Mendy's suit is better for certain types of opposition, Zinchenko's bo- suited better for others. The problem is all of us at the moment, from what I can see, have got very weak benches, and you don't really want to have a Man City player who's only be playing one in every two games and then having to call upon Dendonka or Greenwood or somebody to come off your bench. So I think where possible, I kind of want guaranteed starters in my team, at least until you can accumulate some team value or some very good budget players become become apparent. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Well, well, let- it comes down to the risk management. Sorry, Asman. Um, yeah, let's let's go back to that then. So Laporte is the only nailed one on, and we think he's, they're going to get loads of clean sheets. But is he going to be worth that six point five? Are people just going to have him in there just for that six point five? Is it not just worth going Edison instead of Laporte? I mean, like the attack and returns from Laporte, they, he did get quite a few towards the end of last season, but he wasn't getting them throughout the season. I'm just not sure he's going to be worth that money. With Zinchenko, yeah, what you're saying there is putting me off of, of him a little bit more. But he just Mendy's out for at least a month and is injury prone. He's likely to miss about four or five Premier League games, so he'll return probably mid September. I saw that Angelino guy play, and he is awful. I just think Zinchenko, when he played last season, he got a clean sheet nearly every game, and he finished on nine clean sheets, and he also got three assists. Man City have the good fixtures and the the best defensive stats for all of last season. He's kind of the cheapest way in, isn't he, really? But like like you say, it's a transfer out waiting to happen. Yeah, he's going to be a transfer out at some point. And to be, to be fair, I'd probably argue the same with Walker. I, I don't... I think I think he's probably still ahead of Danilo, but he's just got so many mistakes in him, and he's not contributing from an attacking perspective anymore in FBL terms. And I remember reading, I saw something the other day from one of the one of the journalists at uh, Manchester Evening News or something, doing a live tweet of um, their preseason friendly against somebody or other Japanese team, I think it was, uh, and he just said that 
Walker was sloppy, he kept making mistakes, and he was getting absolutely grilled by uh, Guardiola on the sidelines. And then again at halftime, hmm. uh, the technical staff were, were, were pointing things out to him. And so I don't know. I've, I've just got some doubts over whether Walker is you know, the long-term option now, whether Danilo is going to get games as well, or whether they just think, yeah, you know, maybe we just need to cut our losses with this guy and start relegating him a little bit to the uh, to the bench. Yeah, it's, it, it's a it's a bit of a bit of a stretch of making a lot of inferences there. We've got to assume he's still he's still first choice there, but it, it was enough doubt in my mind. Whereas Laporte's complete opposite. I mean, as far as you know, as far as Guardiola can do, I don't think he can do any wrong. Yeah, and uh, Iceman said that uh, City they have a good pictures at the start, but realistically, how many clean sheets do you think uh, City will get at the first four? They have Western away, Tottenham home, Bournemouth away, Brighton home. So realistically, if if you would ask me, I would say they will get probably two clean sheets out of those four. I think they could realistically keep four clean sheets in those games. I, I don't really fancy anybody to score against Man City. They just control the ball so well. And they're just so solid, they concede so few chances. I think it's more surprising when they concede a goal than when they don't. Yeah, fair enough. Oh, I thought you two were going to argue for a second there. I was going to <laughs> sit back and enjoy it. I, yeah, I, I just think that City's, their stats are just amazing. And they, Zinchenko's like an easy kind of maybe four, five clean sheets for the first eight at least. So I'm kind of hopeful for that. I mean, like you are putting me off them, but I, I know it's just going to be a transfer. I don't really want to do that. There are other options in that bracket in terms of, you know, PVA, Wambasaka, Coleman's also there. Yeah. May, maybe even Stones is going to get stopped. But, um, what, what are your thoughts on, um, Wambasaka going to United? Uh, 5.5. I'm not especially interested at the moment. He didn't really have the attacking output last season. Um, he's a, Don't get me wrong, he's an excellent player and a very, very good defender, but I, I think he registered like one assist last season, was it, or something? Three it, it was, it was, okay, it was pretty... It, it, it was not as high as I think. I mean, he, he was great value last year because he started the game at 4 million, but I think Man United have always got potential, right? They're the biggest club in the country and they've got almost unlimited budget um actually that's not true but they've got a lot of budget if they sign Maguire as well and it's yeah it solidifies them at the back you can see that defense of say Shaw, Wambasaka, uh, Maguire, Lindelof and De Gea in goal as being pretty secure if they've got a decent defensive midfielder in front of them as well yeah 5.5 might then be worth uh, might, might be worth the money for for a defender in a very good defensive team but you, you know he's going to be nailed as well i mean like you don't have that with zinchenko D's. yeah you, you don't but I, I i need to i need to see more from man united um because their their drop off last season was horrific i need to see more from them in, in terms of that they've got a coherent plan and they're moving forward in the right direction and they you know de Gea's eliminated the mistakes from his game and things like that it just I think a 5.5 has better options right now. Yeah, like um, you spoke about Chilwell. He yeah, played, played Chilwell, every so. minute for Leicester last season, didn't he? Yep. And yeah. Ten, again, ten I, 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 yeah, I, I, it was yeah, very, very attacking. Always seems to be driving forward and not just driving down the wing, but he was driving inside a lot whenever I saw him play as well. I think he's got potential to... Uh, I think he underperformed last season, as I said, and I think maybe this season he overperforms. I think at 5.5, that's definitely worth the price, given that Leicester are on an upward trajectory as well. If they lose Maguire, that might be a, it might put a spanner in the works, especially if they don't replace him. But for now, two worlds in my team. Sure. The whole Man United, I can, I can say, this, is uh, wait and see for me. Uh, I think they have a pretty bad fixtures at the start, and Van de Pizaga doesn't attack that much, and I want to see more from Schulzer, to be honest. 
Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, the only two players got left to talk about in that particular price bracket is the Southampton players, which you listed there, Peter Bertrand and Valerie. Yeah, I don't have them at the moment, but if I needed a five million defender, it's just an awkward price point, really, isn't it? Yeah, you don't necessarily with all the other options available. If I have a Southampton defender, if I have a five point a five point oh defender, it's going to be my fifth defender. Yeah, uh, you don't want them on your bench, so it's not quite. It's kind of an awkward price point, but that said, I was just really impressed with Southampton last season under Hassan Hootel. Uh, Hassan Hootel, and again, I think they'll push on. I think they've uh, they've invested what looks like it could be quite wisely. Um, I'm still not sure who their goalkeeper is, but uh, I think if they if they keep up that momentum that they had at the end of last season, these players could be could be worth something. I'm not saying they're going to yeah, return the same points as uh, yeah, 6.5 uh, 7 million wing back, but. I, I think there's potential there. Um, it's just an awkward price point. Uh, it, it may be, though, I find, I find myself in a situation where I want my fifth midfielder to be a 5.0 player, and that's probably where I'd look if I had that if I had that choice to make. But The 5 mil bracket for defenders, I, I just don't really like it. I suppose there is Cresswell and Ake in, in that position, but I, I don't really like it. I don't think it's going to be worth it. I think like if you just go lower, then spread those funds, it's just going to be better for your squad. I suppose that nicely uh, segues us on mentioning Southampton to keepers, and I'm just going to list as you mentioned with their Southampton keeper I do think it's going to be Gunn who starts in goal for them. I took a look at his points per match last year and he was right up there. He was, he was top above Lloris Allison. Adam Hopkoff shows some stats. Best value goalkeeper based on 2018-2019 points per minute and 2019-2020 uh, prices. So Gunn is top of that at 0.87. So that does give me hope for him. And I was speaking to a lot of my Saints friends are just saying that he should start the season. Uh, they've been uh, trying to offload uh, McCarthy and Forrester, so I can see Gunn probably getting most of the starts. He started quite a lot of the preseason as well. Saints did spend a lot to get him. I think it was 13.5 million they spent on him. That's quite a lot. So yeah, I do think that he's going to start the season. He's currently in my draft at the moment. Yeah, I, I don't know. He's, I'm, I'm looking at the preseason numbers at the moment. He's, he's basically played one and a half games out of four. Um, Fraser Forster's played about one and a quarter. Yeah, and, he's played the uh, latest games, hasn't he? So he's, uh, yeah. he's going to play McC- more than McCarthy's had ninety minutes basically. So yeah, I mean, you you'd probably say Gunn is there, but they just they seem to be rotating them quite a lot at the moment. And yeah, for, yeah, Fraser Forster started the final game of the season, and yeah, he's a bit, they spent a lot of money on him originally. He's a former England international. It's it, it just seemed it it's just seemed a risk. risk too far. Yeah, it's a risk. It, it, Look, if if I knew Gunn was number one, I arguably I'd probably put him in as my four point five keeper, but I, I don't know right now, so I'm I'm not going to take the risk. Yeah, let's let's list those other keepers then. So I've got Henderson, Pope, uh, Gunn, and Norris just as my cheap four mil. Uh, Mika, you've got Ryan, and you're looking at a Bournemouth keeper. Peter, you've got Ryan and Button, and you've got Pope and the Southampton keeper. So. We're all kind of in the same area. I'm, I'm thinking of Henderson, but I do think he's probably a bit too much of a risk just because he's not proven in, in the Premier League yet. But I feel like he would probably...
probably have a, an average type season. It's just a bit of a gamble for a position which you do want something which is you know, secure and that you don't have to change. So let, let's go to Pope then, Peter. What, what are your thoughts on him? Uh, I mean, he's in there at the moment. It depends um, on Burnley, doesn't it? <laughs> um, who they're going to start. Well, yeah, I mean, it depends what happens with Heaton. I know uh, they've, they've been trying to offload into Aston Villa. If if he goes, then you've still got Joe Hart waiting in the wings, which is potentially a risk. Um, he he played the last. I think Pope's injured at the moment as well. So yeah. Heaton and Hart played the last preseason, and Pope wasn't even in there. So that's a bit. Yeah, weird. it's it's all a bit untidy, isn't it? Really, yeah. it's the, it's the same as you know. Southampton, they've got, and same with Bournemouth actually as well. They've got, four, you know, three four point five goalkeepers. Any of them could potentially start the season. Now, maybe in retrospect, after game week six, we turn around and say, oh, yeah, of course it was obvious. Of course it was obvious that Travers yeah. was going to be yeah, Bournemouth's number one. And yeah, we'll we'll jump on. Well, maybe not the Bournemouth goalkeeper, but it, right now it just seems a bit risky. I think the Ryan and Button combination. I started to sit last season with them as well, just because it's 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 kind of the Solid. if. Yeah, because you, you don't need to worry about it. It's, it's always there. And I think the, the numbers I've looked at in the past say that you, know, you don't need to spend a lot of money on a goalkeeper. So if I can get away with doing a cheap version, I can. That said, every now and then you just sort of take pause and sort of think, Brighton are pretty crap, you know, <laughs> especially in defence. Yeah. So there's definitely safe points in there. There's not many clean sheet points in there. Do you want to then you know, go for a team that's potentially more solid? Arguably, I do, but... Yeah, it's not, it's not it's not really nailed down for me yet, to be honest. Pope is we know we know Pope's a very good goalkeeper, and if Heaton goes and if Pope starts the final preseason game, yeah, probably go with him. But yeah, again, you've got Joe Hart waiting in the wings there, and yeah, he's a good, experienced goalkeeper. Didn't do great last year, but there again, he didn't do too much wrong either. It's just the team seemed to pick up without him in there. Yeah, I suppose I it's why we're talking about Burnley. Really, I mean, they only got the eight clean sheets last year. 12 and 10 the two years before. So Burnley allow a lot of shots from outside the box, which, you know, equals higher probability of save points, doesn't it? So, and then Pope, when he played, when he was covering for Heaton, he got 152 points. Uh, so if he got that this year, he would have actually been the fourth best keeper. Till we get that fundamental, you know, this is my number one from Dyche. I'm kind of leaning away from it. Um, mm. Mika, what was your thoughts on Ryan then? You've got him listed as yours. Well, uh, I think he's the best uh, out of those 4.5s just because, like you guys said, there's a lot of risk around those those other keepers. Uh, I think it's the most stupid place to use a transfer on FBL, and I don't want to risk it on goalkeepers. It, it would be so frustrating to waste a transfer at the start of the season for a keeper. So uh, I'm at the moment with the Ryan and Button combination. Um, I, I completely agree that Brighton isn't the best defensively, but I like those opening fixtures. They play Watford, West Ham, Southampton, and then Man City, unfortunately. But there's some potential to gain some points. Yes, good points, really. And just actually, just... I, I can continue from this. Oh, cool. uh, this is a just a referee point of view, but I don't know if anybody has seen the red cards for goalkeepers have decreased a lot of, uh, lately just because of the uh, rule change that happened a couple of seasons about the triple uh, triple punishment that if uh, uh, if you foul a player in a box that was a so-called doxa denied of clear goal scoring opportunity you won't get uh, you won't concede a penalty and a red card you would uh, you will only get a yellow card. So what this means, you can pretty much uh, use just one goalkeeper 
because goalkeepers won't get sent off anymore. Uh, they won't get rotated and, well, they won't get injured either. So if you need uh, spare a penny somewhere, I think you can squeeze it out from keepers and just use 8.5 to goalkeepers. That's, that's a great point, which people do forget about that. Keepers don't get sent off as much. That is a, a good point. I think people should keep that in mind. Um, let's move it on to the mid-price keepers. I've, I've got Lloris and De Gea written on here, and Mick has only got Foster for Watford, and you've got no one, Peter. So, Any reason why you've got no one on there? Uh, I'm just not putting too much money into the uh, goalkeepers. I've got, yeah. <laughs> I've, got, I've, got, I've got enough uh, elsewhere. I mean, I've got, I've got one premium as a potential option if I wanted to go down that path, but I'm probably going to start with no more than 9 million in my team uh, yeah. dedicated to goalkeepers. So you're, I mean, you've got Edison down there as, as a premium. So what are your thoughts on him and why him? Uh, well, I can't get Allison. Uh, because I've got TAA and Robbo and uh, Salah. So that's the three Liverpool players gone. Allison would be on that list otherwise. Edison, it's what we just talked about, the Man City defence. I mean, you touched on it yourself, didn't you? You said, look, you can go for Laporte or you can save half a million and go with Edison if all you're going for is clean sheets. Laporte will pick up occasional goal here and there. Edison will pick up the save point here and there. So it probably arguably evens itself out. So if I was going to do that, I'd go to Edison. But in, in order to do that, I would need to go for a five million defender um, and that's yeah potentially the Southampton option we just mentioned. Do I want Valerie over Pope or Ryan? Maybe not. So I don't know. It's just it's just a question of um, it's just a question of structure at this point, isn't it? Really, and where, where you want to put the money. But arguably, again, a lot of the research I've done over the last few years has suggested that actually you're not going to get the, the goalkeepers are not necessarily worth more points uh, the more you spend on them so I'm just going to go for the cheapest option possible really yeah that's fair I mean City yeah, best defensive team in the league by far but you just don't want to spend the money there do you I, I just like going with that 4.5 and leaving it like Mecca said as well I mean Liverpool overperformed last season so like James Yorks said on our podcast last week I can see a regression in that as well he saved a lot that he was not expected to save so that's another reason why I'm not I've not really got Allison on my list. So let's go back to Mickers Foster. Would you actually consider him for the start of the season with their fixtures? And you, you liked him last year, I know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Kind of feel well, like he's a good pick this year? Well, I don't know if if people have noticed, but Foster was actually the second highest scorer uh, point-wise from uh, Watford. He, uh, he used to get a lot of saves. Uh, but realistically... 5.0 versus 4.5, Ryan, I don't know if there's much difference. So if I would have spare cash, I could go there, but highly unlikely. You just wanted me to list something, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah. uh, So you're, you're definitely set on that 4.5 keeper then. Yeah, I, I think it, it's way too much money to use over 9 million to goalkeepers. You can, you can use it a lot better. Yeah. I mean, I, I've listed Lloris and, and De Gea. Lloris, just because Tottenham were one of the best defensive teams against really poor teams last season, whilst playing at home. So they were the best in the league defensively at home versus the very worst sides in the division. Sorry, better than City and Liverpool. They do have some uh, good home games as well at the start of the season. So that, that's why I've listed him. Also, he has had consistent scores throughout his time in the Premiership and he's a pretty good saver 
at penalties as well. The first three home games are Villa, who's just been promoted, Newcastle, and they clean-sheeted against them last season, and Palace, who they also got clean-sheeted against them last season. So I'm kind of hopeful on that one. I don't think he's a terrible pick. Also, De Gea, yeah, he's just agreed a new six-year contract at United. He's worth over £110 million, so he'll become the highest-paid goalkeeper in the world. United have signed Wan-Bissaka, and looks like they might be getting Maguire. So, yeah, De Gea is kind of in my thinking as well. But like you guys say, the value is not necessarily there. Okay, that's all we've got to say for this uh, part two of this particular podcast. Just like to thank... Peter and Mika for coming on. Appreciate your efforts for the double podcast here, guys. That's been a pleasure. Thanks for having us back. Yeah, it was nice to be here. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. And if you want to get hold of us at FPL Surgery, you want to contact us on Twitter at FPL Surgery and support us on Patreon. There's some great prizes going around. If you look on our Twitter, we've also just tweeted a nice shirt that Tom Campbell, we've just given to him because he is also a Patreon and it just keeps the pod going. Most of the money is spent on all the prizes that we give out. If you want to join the league, the public league, the code is triple c so cccjk2 and our website is fplsurgery.com and if you want to email it's info at fplsurgery.com mika and pete any last words because peter normally asks me this question i'm gonna ask you guys any last words for the listeners and advice for the new season uh just try to enjoy it. yeah try to try to enjoy it relax it's, it's just a game right yeah. <laughs> okay thanks very much and good luck for game week one that said every now and then you just sort of take pause and sort of think brighten up pretty crap